Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rare Birds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where, you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you are, you're moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we're storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul you just say you know let's change africa or a solution for africa or, or something like that because i'm um, it's really just just dopamine driven conversation uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for africa because africa, africa is not really there is no one solution that works for us right now um we believe that the robotic arm especially is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for the market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two, you are scaled to like maybe a, a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are people really are carefully spending their the few dollars they have. Greetings, Swastika, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us. So, Swastika, before we dive into everything that you've got going on, and you do have a lot going on, I'd love for you to tell us mm-hmm. about just Nepal as a country, what it was like growing up there, and, and just your background, like a little bit about you outside of business and entrepreneurship and all of that stuff. Okay. Okay, so let me start with Nepal. So uh, <laughs> as you probably have heard earlier as well, Nepal is a beautiful country. Like all of the world, all of the people in the world, they say that Nepal is one of the most beautiful countries in the entire world. You know, it's good for tourism. We're known for Mount Everest, Gautam Buddha, and so many, the diversity in culture, the geography as well, the topography, everything, everything. We have all of that in Nepal. <laughs> so yeah, uh, talking about myself, uh, uh, growing up in Nepal, it was good. Uh, 
I did not exactly understand what beautiful meant back then, but when I was there in India for almost four years, and I was there in a really crowded city for a lot of my time, then I actually realized how beautiful, my, you know, the Nepal, the hills, the mountains, what everything. I then realized the real beauty and the value of, you know, the Nepalese beauty, that is. So talking about myself, I'm Swastika, and uh, uh, I like to call myself a passionate person, a passionate person about life, and I want to leave a trace. So leaving a trace, it could be in people's life, it could be in the industry as a whole, the entrepreneurship industry, the startup industry. Let's see where it goes. But yeah, I'm passionate about life, and I'm passionate about leaving a trace in whatever sector that is. So I'm a chartered accountant by profession. Uh, I don't exactly know if uh, you guys exactly know what a chartered accountant is. It's like a certified public accountant. So we have to, you know, understand the whole, the, the business, the financials, you know, the accounting of every organization, the industry as a whole. So what we have to do is uh, we are like the finance experts in any kind of, uh, in any kind of arena. So that there's that. And I also am a business person, I like to call myself on the side. So uh, apart from that, I work at Securities Board of Nepal at the moment. So that is the regulator of the capital markets in Nepal. And uh, as you said, uh, you wanted to know more about the question mark. So question mark was an initiative that was launched uh, back in May 2021. That was basically a platform for people to come together and really brainstorm whatever they have in mind. It could be about a new business. It could be about uh, shaping up the world, shaping up Nepal as a country. It could be anything, but it was really a safe space for people to come together and brainstorm whatever they have in mind. So uh, till now, we've been able to host a couple of events and we've, we have a lot of people signing up and really excited for this project. So uh, yeah, we're really excited at the moment. I yeah. think that sums up my <laughs> introduction overall. Yeah, and your career journey. Which uh, city in India did you study in? Uh, yeah, I was there in New Delhi. And okay. I was there uh, in one of the most crowded parts of New Delhi. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. Yeah, and you studied accounting. So you are a trained accountant. And uh, mm -hmm. so you are also an assistant director, you said, at the Securities yeah. Board of Nepal. Wow. So what does that involve? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, as an assistant director, I'm responsible for the overall, you know, the analysis and the risk analysis part of the listed companies as well as the broker. We also look at the various files of, you know, the IPOs and the right share issues. So uh, you can sum up my responsibility there as I get to do whatever a finance guy or girl does in, in any organization. I get to go to departments and I get to ask for, you know, uh, improvements and I get to work with a lot of amazing people out there. So uh, we're really trying to improvise the overall capital market situation of Nepal at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you gave us a little bit of a teaser about the question mark. The name, what's mm -hmm. in the name? Why the question mark? What, what, why did you come up with that name? That's an interesting title for an organization. <laughs> Yeah, so the question mark was really, it was, it was actually a question mark. We did not know what it was going to turn out, uh, maybe one or two or 20 years down the line. So this was really 
uh, you know, as I said earlier, it was a platform for people to come together, but it was not shaped up to be an exact sort of an organization. So we don't know what question mark is gonna be 20 or 40 years down the line. It could be an uh, accelerator, it could be an incubation center, it could be a private equity firm, it could be anything, but it will be in the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Nepal. Uh, let's, hope, uh, let's hope for that uh, we can take this to the world as well, outside Nepal as well. So the question mark, because we don't exactly know what this is gonna be like 20 years or four years down the line. Right. So what, what was the concept behind of this? Was it just you and your friends? You were out one day and you were talking and you're like, we need something in Nepal. Or was it just you on your own and you brainstormed it? And like, how did the whole thing um, really like shape up? Yeah. So uh, when I returned back to Nepal, that was in 2018. Uh, I think it was probably in March. So yeah, exactly four years ago today. So uh, what happened was I, you know, I tried to get in touch with a lot of people who were really uh, excited about the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Nepal. But coming from my background, I was actually in the business background and the accounting and finance background. So we don't really have a lot of people who are, uh, you know, were really uh, seasoned in that industry. So when I came back to Nepal, I really felt this sort of lack of people around me with whom I could share my thoughts and my vision and my ideas with. So um, this went on for quite a few uh, years almost. So uh, in 2021, I was sitting there and I was just thinking if uh, I could find more people like me who were actually thinking about the same thing that I was thinking, you know, they could be uh, searching for people who thought like them, who wanted to work in the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Nepal, who wanted to make this ecosystem better and actually work to leave an impact. So this is really an idea to bring uh, people like me together. I just wanted to meet more people like me. And in the process, it was like, when I actually started this initiative, I actually found out, found out that there were so many people who actually saw the same way that I did. So uh, this has been quite a journey. I've met a lot of people a lot of people in Nepal as well as outside Nepal. So this has really been, uh, you know, a platform. Uh, I, I keep calling it a platform because this has really proved to be a platform for me to, you know, get in touch with more similar and like-minded people. And I think that uh, when people come to me and they get to meet a lot of other people as well who think exactly like them. So yeah, yeah. that's the whole idea behind this. Yeah, so it's it's definitely sounds like you were trying to develop a space for like minds because you were of this mindset and I guess you were seeking out other people similar to you or you want to create that kind of um, space where people could get together and 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 create and discuss, etc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So in terms of uh, young people who are involved in entrepreneurship or who are, is, are those discussions happening? Like, is that a thing? Because entrepreneurship globally is, is very buzzy, right? And even mm -hmm. in like, let's focus specifically on emerging market countries like across Africa, Latin yeah. America and Asia, it's kind of like everybody's talking about entrepreneurship. So is that, are those discussions happening amongst the younger generation in Nepal or people more conservative, like, no, let's work, let's get a job, and then maybe we could see what comes from there. What is, yeah. what is the atmosphere like? Yeah, so uh, we, we always say that the median age of Nepal is just over 24 years. So yeah, we are a really young country. So uh, 
Joanne, when you looked at people, you know, when even I used to speak with people uh, who were younger than me, like five or 10 years ago, if I went to a person and I said, what do you want to be in your life? They used to tell me that I wanted to be a doctor, an engineer, even our generation. We used to tell that we wanted to be future doctors, future engineers, future chartered accountants, whatever that could be. But now in 2021 uh, or 2022, the last couple of years, we've seen this amazing uh, evolution in the mindset of all these children and all these upcoming generations as well. So when today I ask someone, what do you want to be in the future? They say that I want to be something doing on my own. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business person. I want to do something on my own. So that is really an uh, evolution in the mindset as well as a revolution in the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem as well. So uh, yeah, this is really a culture that is actually changing over the years. Uh, probably like five or seven years ago, people are a lot more different than they were back then. Yeah, are they? So this entrepreneurial culture right now, they're yeah. really evolving in Nepal. Okay, because I was going to ask you that, like the culture of entrepreneurship in Nepal. I mean, obviously, I I saw all of the startup startup podcasts, and you have startup networks and whatnot. Are are they are they supporting entrepreneurs in terms of infrastructure, like developing your business, scaling it, funding, all of that stuff? Is there a lot of that? Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, incubators as well as accelerators in Nepal. We also have some private equity firms. We don't exactly have VC firms at the moment, and some firms even have uh, venture capital as uh, you know in their negative list, so they don't want to invest in venture capital given the risk and whatever the you know, the whole risk ecosystem involved in this exact sector. So at the moment, even the government is kind of supportive. It's not exactly in the right, the ideal place at the moment, but it is it, it is getting there. Because even in this uh, fiscal policy, even the current year, we had a lot of concessions and, you know, the benefits for the start, startup co-founders uh, as well as the founders. Overall, we are seeing that positive change in the overall industry as well as the government. But uh, is it ideal in Nepal? No, it is not ideal. But yeah, we're surely getting there. And with all these uh, incubators as well as accelerators. And we also have uh, talks of Shark Tank coming to Nepal. So, I yeah, saw this, that uh, culture. Yeah. <laughs> on LinkedIn. I saw it on LinkedIn. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 We don't exactly know who the sharks are, but we just hope that they're good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that means there's a, a spirit of, of going out there and doing your own thing and, and so on, which is, yeah. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So the platform, the question mark, tell us a little bit about like exactly how, like your activities and, and, or services or what exactly is it that you're providing like for your members? Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we have over 200 members. Uh, They're not, all of them may not be active as they used to be before, but we have some members who are really active, who are, we meet them, uh, we almost have like monthly meetings, and we also host all these events where we call the mentors and the people who are actually in the ground doing their own thing and have faced it all. So uh, we also send a lot of, you know, emails and uh, what we do is we actually try to understand what problems they are facing and whatever they want to actually talk about in the platform and in the group, in this uh, whole group that we have created. What they do is they ask us questions and we try to find the answers wherever possible. It could be from the mentors or it could be from the other members as well. 
right okay and you said we so is it you do you have or some other people do you have a team no not exactly <laughs> yeah this is me alone at the moment but there are some very active members who are really supportive and they're in this together with me yeah no but i think that's great i remember when i told you i saw your video on on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It was quite an impassioned yeah. video. And I thought, who is this girl? I have to reach out to this girl. <laughs> well, this lady rather. And um, I think, you know, what you're doing is is quite bold. Like, and I, I'm wondering, I'm curious rather, as to whether mm -hmm. you are getting a lot of support. I mean, outside of your members, obviously, are you getting a lot of support from the community itself, like the other uh, sort of networks in the community, like the startup communities and the incubators and whatnot? Are you getting support from them? Are you sort of collaborating and working with them as well? Yeah, we do. We actually, whenever I reach out to anybody in Nepal and when I reach out through this, uh, the question mark initiative, we actually get a lot of support and it's like, uh, they're really supportive of whatever we are doing, whatever we're trying to do. We're just getting there, but they're really supportive in terms of uh, advising and in terms of mentorship. Whenever we have any questions, they're so happy to answer. Uh, they Even if I reach out to them in LinkedIn or any other platform, they're really helpful. And uh, I always say that the community in Nepal, the whole entrepreneurial, the uh, startup community in Nepal, it's, it's really humble. So whenever mm. you have questions and you want to ask them answers, especially when you are working on something that will benefit the entire society as well. So they're, yeah, they're really helpful and supportive in terms of all of these things. Yeah, I'm going to put that video in the show notes, actually, the Entrepreneurship Network in Nepal. I think it's called the, okay. you, you titled it the Question Mark Initiative. I watched it a few times yeah. and I thought, this is so interesting. Were you, um, <laughs> when you were, when you were conceiving of this idea, did you, mm -hmm. did, were, did you, I know you said it's a question mark, you don't know what it could be, but in yeah. you know way back there in your mind i'm sure you have some kind of vision of where you want it to go mm -hmm. right so let's mm -hmm. say five ten years from now like where where would you like this to be how would you like it to be positioned in the nepali ecosystem yeah i would like it to be a more of everything a little bit of everything mm -hmm. i don't want it to be confined at the moment to just one sector we just don't want to be funding or we just don't want to be you know, uh, providing mentorship, we want to do it all. So I want the question mark to be a really nonprofit initiative that actually helps the people in the ground. You know, if there is a 16 year old guy or a girl and uh, they want to do something, they want to think of an idea, they have an idea and they want to talk about that idea with anybody else. So I want question mark to be the right spot for them to come together and actually get all the resources. It could be funding, it could be mentorship, it could be, you know, getting all these uh, network of people around you. It could be forming and getting together a team. I want question mark to provide it all. I want itself to be uh, an ecosystem in itself. You know, so whenever somebody wants to come and somebody wants to actually materialize their idea into a business, I want the question mark to be like, if I go there, I can get it all. I don't even have to worry about anything else. So that is like providing a one-stop solution for everything. And I want it to be really non-profit and I don't want any profit motive to be involved in the question mark. At least that is the vision. I don't know how sustainable it can be in the, you know, in the later period, but that is the goal. So I really wanna, through the question mark initiative, what did Swastika do in our lifetime? 
So maybe, yeah, through this platform, she actually did something. Yeah. So I don't think it, if it counts as a vision, but that is the, yeah, that is the picture that I'm picturing right now. Yeah, definitely. Now, two final points I want to discuss with you. And, you know, today's International Women's Day. So I would be remiss if I didn't mm -hmm. bring the topic of women up. <laughs> but, you know, women, yeah. and I, I, I sense that obviously this is a very youth oriented platform. You're pushing mm -hmm. for youth entrepreneurship, but also you are a yeah. young woman yourself. So do you have any thoughts around specifically um, entrepreneurship as, re as it pertains to young people and then as it pertains to young younger women? Do you think it's something mm -hmm. that more young people or younger women need to explore? Do you think um, mm -hmm. there are like any issues surrounding, you know, from a Nepali perspective, that, that any challenges mm -hmm. that young people and women experiences, any barriers in this space or, or things mm -hmm. like that that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So in Nepal, we have this perception that if you are in a job, you know, I'm not talking about the younger generation here. I'm talking about the parents and the grandparents right now. So uh, it is perceived that if you are secure in a job, especially for women and, and uh, younger girls out there, people and parents could actually be, uh, you know, uh, they would want them to be more secure in a job or not not doing something on their own not taking a lot of risks even at this even at this day and age so uh, the you know the family pressure and the family you know the uh, i don't know what exact word to call this but that it still exists uh, no matter how much we deny it or how much we've grown in terms of all of these things in the uh, recent years but that still lies there so in Nepal, we have a lot of amazing young and amazing women entrepreneurs out there who are actually doing it despite everything, despite all of this pressure, despite all of these challenges and all of these hurdles. So um, today uh, in the, you know, the city areas, I guess, so maybe people could be more open-minded in terms of sending their, you know, their uh, daughters and wives and sisters to do something on their own especially in the village areas, I think that still exists, that uh, we have a lot of uh, gender, you know, the diversity exists and we have a lot of those issues. But in uh, the recent years, we have seen a lot of amazing entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs who are actually doing it despite everything. They're actually facing all these issues and really so gracefully, you know, just uh, over overcoming everything right now. So yeah, that is happening, but still, the uh, issues and the conflicts and the hurdles, they exist. But yeah, we are, we sure are progressing. Uh, five years ago, uh, it was a lot different. Today, it is a lot different. And we hope that more like five years down the line, it could be a lot more different. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny what you said about um, the elders uh, being the biggest challenge because they want you to have these very <laughs> secure jobs. That's that's a narrative that you find in a lot of in a lot of countries. But you remember I told you I had six it on the podcast and that is something mm -hmm. that he really highlighted the fact that he had this very secure mm -hmm very good job you know he was mm -hmm. high 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 up in his job and then he left it and he really went into details about the challenges of that and and he really talked about that mm -hmm. extensively because it seems like that is like you mentioned a really big barrier and and that that's you know mm -hmm. that's a lot of places okay and i guess the woman thing you know 
wherever we go, we're going to have this consistent story of women <laughs> trying to overcome. But I think, um, I think, like you said, that's changing a lot and it's changing all the time. Mm -hmm. five, in five years, you see a lot of, a lot of changes, but I think the biggest, um, the biggest, the, the, the sort of highest barrier where I don't see that much change is when it comes to funding for women's um, mm -hmm. projects. I think more, sure. more and more women are just, they what they do is they they try to they get their customers and that's sort of where they get their validation mm -hmm. from they drive revenue that way and they'll build their business yeah. from the ground up for five six seven sometimes ten years you know ge generating mm -hmm. revenue and then they'll get to that point where it's like okay I need to expand or I have you know very strategic now I want to go into an international market and that's when they'll seek out funding and I don't know if that's because they know it's going to be harder for them or if they've, they've just decided to build differently. But I think that's the only mm -hmm. area where, not the only, but maybe the key area where I see there hasn't been that <laughs> yeah, much one change. Of major areas. One of the major, because mm -hmm. there's a lot, right? So I imagine yeah. it's the same thing in, in Nepal as well. You know, there's an ecosystem that's still nascent. And then when it comes to funding, I'm sure women have the same challenge with getting their business mm -hmm. um, funded. Is, about, is it about the same? True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so. Okay, so here's my final question for you. Majority of my listeners are between age 24 to 27, and 52% uh -huh. of them are women. So we have young wow. people and we have women. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, <laughs> lessons have you learned from mm -hmm. your your journey. I mean, you you have a, a really fascinating and fantastic journey. Just you know, all the things that you've achie achieved at such a young age, and I mean, even working in the the securities board. That's you know, that's usually a role for old men with gray hair. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you've done a lot, right? So, what what lessons have you learned from your journey, and even now mm -hmm. from trying to promote this entrepreneurial culture? Uh, uh, for young people that you would like to share with my listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, in Nepal, we have uh, a lot of, as I said earlier as well, we have a lot of young as well as amazing women entrepreneurs that are so much uh, doing it. Actually, they're just really good at whatever they do, you know? So uh, ever since I was a child, I was just raised in this background where I was told that yeah, I don't care if you're a girl or a guy, you are doing things in life. So that was the schooling that I had. Uh, my father, he sent, uh, he used to send me to these karate classes. I was in probably kindergarten and I was there the only girl in karate classes. So yeah, even as I talked with you earlier as well, Joanne, uh, this whole drive that uh, I have, it's like amazingly, it's really sourced from my father. So uh, ever since I was a child in this, uh, we also talked about, you know, gender, gender equality and uh, diversity, uh, probably in grade eight. So ever since that time, I used to tell myself that I am not lesser than any guy out there. I'm not, I'm not, you know, weak just because I'm a girl. So that was the whole thing that I, the ethos that I carried my entire life. So um, even when I went uh, to study in India, that's the thing I really carried with myself and I never really wanted uh, my you know the gender to be uh, of a dis disadvantage for me so that was the main thing that I carried so even in Nepal and other many countries that we have I think the main reasons that uh, you know one of the main reasons that girls actually lag behind is that they're shown and they're actually told from a very young age that 
probably you cannot be better or stronger or whatever than the other guy that, that there is. So I think that really brings us down ever since we are small kids. And I think this is the fact that really it should be changed. We are not, you know, I, I might sound like a big feminist here, but I'm not weaker than any other guy that there is, you know? So that is exactly what every girl here, every woman out here should be thinking. We can do whatever any human being can do. We are not disadvantaged in anything. So um, to all the listeners out there, I don't know if it sounds, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it sounds real and true, but yeah, that is the really the ethos that we should always carry around. Uh, that 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 is what I would like to say. And in terms of career, yeah, I know that there are a lot of hurdles. We cannot easily network with all the men out there, uh, even Nepal and other many developing countries, I can see that there are a lot of men in the, uh, the supervisory roles, in the uh, higher roles, and it is not exactly easier for women to network as it is easier for men to network with them. And networking and professionalism in uh, the professional world, it's really important. So despite everything, we have all these challenges, but we have to overcome them in the, in the best way that we can. So I think that is the, you know, the main advice that I would like to say and I would like to give to all the listeners out there. Out there and do whatever you want. Life is life is yeah, long, is so but true. it goes fast. <laughs> so get stuff done. This was brilliant. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your time with me. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a great. pleasure. Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs>